0: Hi, I'm Pete Price, and this is Pete Price Extra. And we are always looking for Scousers Abroad. If you know somebody, get in touch with us. We'll do the interview. We've been doing this for a long time, and we love our Scousers Abroad. Get in touch, we'll sort the interview out. Now, here's an unusual Scouser Abroad. Are you ready for this? His name is Nathan. He was a chef to the Rolling Stones, to share, to pink. I'm saying no more. He had problems and he bears his soul on P-Price Extra. This is P-Price Extra and it's Scouser Abroad with Nathan. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very unusual Scouser Abroad now because this man's living uh, back in England. He has travelled the world, but my word is he had a job and a half with his travelling. He is a young man that I've seen grow up because uh, I was friends with the family. Uh, He was poorly. He fought his illness, which was amazing. He became a chef to the stars. Nathan Pollard, hello.
1: Hello, Peter.
0: How are you, mate? It's been a Um, long time.
1: It's been a long, long time, yeah.
0: Growing up, you had the problems, and we'll talk about the allergy if we may, because it might help other people as well, but growing up, you couldn't have ever thought your life would go in the direction it went in.
1: No, not at all. I mean, I was born with many, many allergies. Um, Most of all severely allergic to nuts, which I still am now. Um, But a lot of my allergies I grew out of, but I'm still very, very highly allergic to all nuts and all pulses.
0: And, of course, the problem was, growing up at school, it's very difficult with other kids being cruel sometimes, saying, have this nut, or you messing about and then finding out about your allergies. So it was quite difficult, wasn't it, growing up? And you had some really scary times.
1: Yeah, there were some really difficult times, but I got through them, I suppose.
0: Now, you had a mother and a half who really put herself out for these allergies, didn't she? In fact, didn't she write a book? Um,
1: I'm not 100% if she wrote a book. I'm not, I can't remember that, sorry.
0: I thought she did. But, or, she, or she wrote a paper for a university. She
1: wrote, yeah, she wrote a paper for a university, yeah, and used me as a case study.
0: Yeah, which was amazing because she got you through some very, very, very bad times.
1: She did indeed, yeah, yeah.
0: So where are you today within your life? Um, as it, a chef, does that not make it difficult having allergies?
1: Um, no, not at all. I mean, where I am at the moment is um, I'm head chef of a, of a place called George Street Social, which is a dry bar in Newcastle, and we don't have any nut ingredients at all on the menu. It's completely nut free.
0: Right. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go to uh, how did you become a chef? Because when I saw you growing up, never thought in a million years you'd go down that road.
1: No, so I went down, I worked in a few places in Liverpool, I worked in a couple of pubs and and then I worked in a wrap restaurant Um, and then I went down to London and I worked in a professional kitchen for about three and a half years and learned. I was like a sponge to it, I learned everything there.
0: How did you get to work with some of the big stars and I'm sure you'll tell us who they are, how did that happen?
1: it was kind of uh it was kind of a fluke really um it was a friend of a friend um and i just i just did i did a big job well a big job at the time um which was uh the MTV music awards in barcelona and it just happened from there the people i was working with and then i did my first tour not long after that and and it just carried on from there, really. Um, the artists got bigger and bigger, and uh, the tours got bigger and bigger. Um, and yeah, it just kind of it went from there, really.
0: Right, I've got to ask you to hit us with some names. We can't just tease. Come on, who did, who who have you worked with?
1: Uh, quite a few people. I'd say the big ones. I've done a couple of Stones, Rolling Stones tours. <laughs> um, I have toured with Pink, with Cher, uh, Simon Garfunkel, Anastasia, Neil Diamond. Um and i 've done a lot of the other work as well at like the festivals um i 've done a fair bit of work abroad over in uh Doha in Qatar uh, I went to china um i 've done quite a lot.
0: Staying with the stars for a minute um could you believe it i mean when you i mean now it's it 's you know you 've just done it and and you do it again, but could you believe the whole setup of the crew? Uh, the way they put it together, the way they take it down it it is a village isn't it it 's a community that stay together
1: it's it's unbelievable um i mean especially on some of the really big tours it's the the amount of um traveling production is just absolutely huge it's um you're talking up to eighty trucks and forty tour buses and over five hundred traveling crew it's just it is unbelievable
0: tell me um were the stars available to speak to, or did they mingle, or was it was that were there tears within the setup?
1: Uh, no, I mean you, people often ask, did you get to meet people, and 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 you just say, yeah. I mean, you're working with them, you're cooking, you're cooking them their food, so you do get to meet them, and you do get to you know talk to them on a one to one basis, and they're just they're just normal people, really. There's um, yeah.
0: And they surround themselves with normal people because they need that normality, don't they? Because of what they're doing and because of the tours and the the amount of work that's involved.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. We're all kind of the same when, when we were touring.
0: So tell me, as a chef, how would it work if you're going... Right, you're going on tour with the Rolling Stones. How does it work? Do you go ahead and plan the food or do you know where to get the food or is it waiting for you? Explain how it works.
1: So on a tour like that, there would be three There would be three steel crews, um, which would, one would be taking down the previous stage, one would be working on the stage you're travelling to and one would be working on the next city that you'd be going to. So you'd also have three advanced teams as well. So the three catering advanced teams would get everything in place for us for when we arrived so when we arrived our tents would be up our power would be there our sinks would be in place our our orders would be ready for the first couple of meals and we would tour with our equipment and we would load in and build a kitchen and cook breakfast lunch and dinner for the crew and then the artists on show day
0: so would you send the menus ahead or the orders ahead and then the, somebody would then cook it or is it one of your team has to go in advance
1: no, it's it's one team would would advance with the steel crews as well. Cause ah, the right. steel crews would need, would need catering for as well.
0: Interesting. How many? What what was the most you catered for on tour?
1: Um, on tour, I think it was over. Well, it was over five hundred, six hundred. Um, but then on the really, really the biggest job I did, which um, which we had a hand in, we were. Um, looking after the Western catering for the Guangzhou Asian Games in China.
0: Right.
1: And I think that was over, over 100,000 meals a day, but it was <laughs> over eight or nine different venues. Wow.
0: So did you get a name within the industry, forgetting the stars, like you just mentioned China then, did you get a name? I mean, would agents come to you and say, I need um, Nathan Pollard because I know he can do the job properly?
1: We were working, always working through a subcontracted company. Right. Um, there's various companies in England and America that that kind of always cater for these these kind of events, and I would work sub uh, subletted through them, so they would they would be my employer.
0: So, what would your kitchen staff be? How many?
1: Um, I think on the on the the last Rolling Stones tour that I did, I think there was sixteen of us, um, and that was I think eight chefs. Um, about four or five front of house ladies. Um, we had a, a a cooler tech who was responsible for all the backstage coolers and all the coolers on the tour buses. Um, yeah, there was about sixteen of us all together.
0: And where would you live uh, on the tour? Would you be on a bus or would you be in hotels?
1: Uh, it was well. We lived in we every on the on the last Rolling Stones tour I did. We had the caterers had their own tour bus. Um, and you would travel, so you'd finish You'd finish a gig, you'd load out, pack the truck, and then you'd travel on your tour bus to the next city, and then check into a hotel, and you'd be in the hotel for the following two nights, because it was always a production day, show day, and then you would travel again.
0: Interesting, uh, because if I remember rightly, you're a very tall young man, so isn't that a problem, sleeping on a tour bus?
1: I never really had a problem with it i uh you just crawl into your bunk and sleep oh, right.
0: <laughs> What about the party inside of it? Did you um get into the party inside
1: i did yeah yeah um massively really um which kind of became a bit of a downfall well it no it became my downfall um and that's kind of where 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 I am today okay. um it did become my downfall, and it did become a massive problem in my life.
0: Do you mind? Um, do you mind talking about it?
1: No, not at all. I'm completely open and honest nowadays. That's um,
0: fantastic because the people that listen to my show will learn something from it. Did it creep up on you? Was it drink, booze, everything, um, drugs, the lot?
1: Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, drink and uh, alcohol and drugs. Yeah, um, and I think looking back at, at looking back at my 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 tour CV, as it were, I would definitely say by very early on, by about two thousand and four, it was it became a problem. By about two thousand and eight, it was a problem. Um, and moving forward, even by two thousand and ten, it was a huge problem. Um, and and the 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 latter years, the next three or four years, it became a massive problem. I started losing jobs. I started. Um, I was starting to become unemployable. I could always get a job, yeah. but it was keeping the job. Um,
0: Would you have changed it if you know what you know now?
1: No, I think this is my journey. I'm a big believer that, that this is my journey, and I got into recovery when I got into recovery. Um, I believe solely in the fellowship that I'm now in, um, and I believe that my journey is my journey, and I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything.
0: Wow. That's really nice. So what advice would you give, first of all, now, to parents who know they've got a problem with their kids and then to the kids who also know they've got a problem? So start with the parents.
1: Um, I'd I'd say um, the same for both, really. Um, I mean, I know now that there is a solution, that um, there is a solution and there is another option. Um, And that option, for me, lies in um, 12-step recovery right um and and that i mean that's that's what i live my life by now i live my life by the fact that i'm an alcoholic i'm an addict but i haven't had a drink or a drug today and i live my life one day at a time
0: so what um, nathan would you say to young people who are listening now who are going ah, it won't happen to me won't happen to me
1: um my advice would only be it's 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 an absolute killer um it's it, it's it's just destroying lives um, all over the world, and I uh, I'm a big believer that everyone has their own path. But for me, I um, I just fully believe in what I'm now doing. I believe that this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. I'm right where I'm supposed to be in my life right now, and there is a solution. There is a solution, and it's complete. It's complete. You know, you you, you stop everything. You you just join a 12-step programme.
0: Being who you are and, and, and speaking completely openly, which is, is brilliant, first of all, do you miss touring? And secondly, could you go back as a uh, the position you're in?
1: Um, I would never want to go back um, to touring, uh, is the truth. Um, I'm 40 in a couple of weeks, and I'm quite happy with. it, quite content uh, with my life um, at the moment. Um, I think truthfully I've never been so happy in my life as I am now um, I've got a lovely little flat in Newcastle um, I uh, <laughs> I work in Newcastle I work in a 12 step recovery um, cafe and uh, I, I'm just living the best life I've ever had
0: tell us about that cafe tell us how it works
1: so George Street Social is it's a dry bar um, I think they've got a similar one in Liverpool Um but it's um, it's all based around 12-step recovery, from the uh, board of directors right the way through to all the staff who work there are either in 12-step recovery or have knowledge of 12-step recovery. Um, George Street is, for me, it's a very special place in my heart because um, on this journey, um, I mean, my, <clears throat> my sobriety date is the 11th of the 12th, uh, 2017. And on the 14th of the 12th, 2017, I went to my first meeting at George Street. Um, It was the first meeting that I wanted to go to. And uh, I got identification with a lady who was sharing at that meeting. And that's where my journey started. Um, So for me, it's just, it's my life. It plays such a massive role in my recovery.
0: As you're recovering and as you each day have to go through these steps, how much do you miss a drink and you miss drugs
1: not in the slightest not in the slightest
0: why not do you think that why do you think that is
1: i think now because i've got a, a much better picture of myself and a lot of the things that i've learned through going through the 12 steps uh, of alcoholics anonymous is i've learned more about myself um and i, I've, I just I, the biggest thing i've learned is i don't take the first drink or drug or whatever it is that that, I'm, that that the particular person is suffering from. Mm-hmm. I just don't, and I live a better life. I, I'm, I'm, f- I'm full in the knowledge that if I did take a drink, I would probably take another one. And if I took another one, I'd be straight back where I was.
0: So you're in a good place right now?
1: I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life.
0: That's fantastic. Looking back, what was the... Give us three, maybe, three examples of your happiest or the most exciting thing when you were on tour with all those big stars.
1: Um I'd I'd say one one of the one of the big things is when I had my photo taken with um two of the Rolling Stones, that was that was quite cool. Um <laughs> in in one of their dressing rooms. Um and I, I think I think I mean some of the, some of the biggest events I think definitely for me, um going over to um um Guangzhou and doing the Asian games, that was an amazing experience. Um it was just, I'd never been to China in my life, and it was just an amazing experience. It could, even though it was completely in the madness, it was still such a beautiful experience. Um, and I think the other highlight would be when uh, we had the same the same tour when we were on the Rolling Stones, and my mum came out to see us in uh, in Ireland, and I got her all backstage passes and got to see the show, and that that was an amazing experience as mm. well.
0: Because people don't realize do we? we're having this conversation, but nobody has any idea unless they've done what you've done at the size and enormity of putting a show like that with pink Cher, rolling stones. nobody has any idea, do they?
1: no, not at all i mean it, the the magnitude the organization that must go into it we only we were only handling the catering side of things. It might seem when I say only i mean it's huge in itself, but the, the 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 I mean the logistics of the whole operation is just gigantic. You just can't imagine how how much organisation has to go into it. Um, but yeah, it was just it was it was an amazing experience. But um, no, I would never want to go back to it. Never.
0: Do you want to do travelling again?
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I as I say, I've done, I've done, I've been all over the world on holidays and stuff. I've been, I've been to, uh, I've been all over America. I've been all over Europe. been all over Russia. Um, I've been all over uh, uh, New Zealand, I've been to Australia quite a few times. But I, w- I would like to travel. But um, in the future, in the future, not there's no, uh, no immediate rush.
0: Growing up with the amazing lifestyle you've had, has it upset you, and looking back, does it upset you to think of the amount of drugs and drink out there that so many people are getting hooked on?
1: It's absolutely... Disc- I mean, for me, it's, it's just so shocking how it's... Um, how it's advertised now everywhere um it's 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 just changed so much from i mean from when i was a kid it wasn't as obtainable but now it's it's so obtainable um and it is really scary it's really scary to see the statistics that are that are out there you know that how many deaths and how many how many lives it's completely messing up because of alcohol and drugs it's um yeah it's 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 such a shame because there is a solution and and i, I know there's a solution now um but it is it's yeah it is it's, it's such a shame it really is
0: so what do you think the solution is
1: i think the solution is i mean i think it has to come from the top personally but i think it's um
0: i do think i just, i
1: just think alcohol is an absolute killer as i do um any mind altering substances um I think we have to kind of, I don't know, I think we have to kind of teach people the effects um, of of alcoholism and of of addiction more um, because it is just absolutely wrecking society. It's, um,
0: yeah. Nathan, does religion fit into your life at all?
1: Religion does fit into my life but I have a higher power. Um, I believe in a higher power um, today. Um, When I first well I, I mean I've I've also I I also tried to get into um alcoholic anonymous for many years. Um I went to my first meeting in 2013 and I wasn't ready and then I went to more meetings all over the country and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't taking anything in because I hadn't stopped drinking um or using. Um, and it's only now being in the fellowship for just over 19 months that I do believe in a higher power. I believe that I've got a higher power. I believe that, I believe that my sobriety day was picked for me, um, because I could never stop drinking. Um, and as I say, I've been, I'm still, I still find myself early in recovery, but I'm in recovery now, and that's the most important thing to me.
0: Um, Interesting you say about the drinking. I, I've got to say this carefully. I know, yeah, I'll do it carefully. I know somebody who has a drink problem, but they don't know they've got one yet, and I can't help them until they come to me and say, "I've got a drink problem." Is that right or am I wrong?
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I don't think. I don't think anyone can. I don't think I can. I can. I can only say that I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict. Um, I can't say that anyone else is. You see traits with people that you think, oh, you. You might need this, you might but you have to make the decision yourself. It can't be it can't you can't point the finger and say i I can just tell you what I am, I know what I am, yeah. and if anyone ever comes to me for help i can I can show them the way that I went um but yeah it's it's a very it's a very difficult one really um I mean people tried to get me into the fellowship for many, many years, and it was only when I was ready to 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 go to a meeting. That I chose to go to. Um, I feel that that was my rock bottom. I mean, I probably had many rock bottoms in my, in in those years of active addiction. Um, but I look at my last rock bottom, uh, which I won't go into. But as as my my biggest rock bottom, and uh, and I, you know, I I mean, I I often say this. Um, I often say this in my in my in my story. But you know, the day before. I didn't take my. I didn't take a drink. You know, I'd made an attempt on my life, um, and that was my rock bottom. Um, and I didn't know anything about really anything about what was on offer. I just went to a meeting when I was four days off the drink. I wouldn't say sober, but I was four days off the drink, and I got identification. And I just kept on coming back. And my life has turned completely one eighty round.
0: Nathan Pollard, you're fascinating. You're the most unusual scouser abroad we've ever had. We've just been on a journey with you, um, which has been incredible. um, And I can't thank you enough. Of all the years I've been doing this feature, you're certainly quite unique. Nathan, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks a lot, Pete.